We're in a series. In fact, we're wrapping up a series today called Stir It Up, Hebrews 10, 24. I want us to read this, but I want to read the entire scripture, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Would you read this out loud with me? And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see this? You see the urgency? How many feel urgency when you hear this writing? There's urgency. Let us consider how to stir up. Come on, somebody shout stir up. Shout it, all right? Stir up. I want, to, I want you to get stirred up today. We've been talking about this. Hopefully these teachings have stirred you up. I want you to be stirred up, all right? Look at somebody say, get stirred up. Look at somebody, tell them. Get stirred up, all right? Because the understanding of stir up in the church is, of course, Holy Spirit. It's the work of the grace of God in our life. And I want to encourage the church today. I want to remind you and inspire you of God's plan for your life as a believer, as a part of the kingdom of God. How many are getting that? You understand the stretch? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to be stirred up as a part of the kingdom of God, knowing that God has, you were here last Sunday, God has clear purpose for you in your life in the kingdom of God. A lot of us are stirred up by a lot of things right now. But I want you to be stirred up about your purpose and his gifts in your life as a part of the kingdom. Let's read Paul's words beginning in verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, the letter that Paul writes to his spiritual son. Read with me. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You want to read verse 6 with me again? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we long for your work. We long, Lord Jesus, for your good work to happen in this place today in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Stir us up. Stir up our hearts, we pray. Stir up our hearts. Be in this place. Use us for your sake and for your glory in these days. 
and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Diana, would you bring me that stand and that bag? When you get a chance, just bring it on up here to me. Somebody say, stir up. I love this story in the scripture because um, in the story, uh, what we hear is a story of the salvation of two individuals. Uh, how many remember when you gave your life to Jesus? Anybody remember when you gave your life to Jesus? Wave at me. You remember that? When you gave your life to Jesus, did anything change? Anything change? Whether you know it or not. It absolutely did. Uh, somebody, you might have prayed, gave your life to Jesus with somebody. Anybody ever put their arms around you when you pray? Has that ever happened to anybody? Put their hands upon you and pray for you. And uh, he's reminded, Paul is reminded, looking back at Timothy's grandmother and mother. He must have been close to them. He must have been. In fact, there's a story here that kind of you'd have to just consider what must have happened with Timothy and Lois and Eunice, how, how that happened, that uh, somehow Lois and Eunice were somewhere where Paul was, and he preached the gospel, and they received Christ. And, and I wish I just knew all the work of Lois and Eunice. You know Lois and Eunice got busy in the kingdom of God. Can you imagine the people who came to Christ through Lois and Eunice, the number of people, how they were stirred up? And I don't know how they did it. I don't know all the stories. I mean, I, I can come up with some typical understanding. I'm thinking, I bet they fed the hungry. How many think they fed hungry people? Anybody believe that? I don't believe they just fed them just regular groceries. I think that they fed them in the name of Christ. I believe they were probably loved, but I, I think, I think, because, you know, on occasion I, uh, you know, I'll pick up some, uh, 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 some of my mother's works. You know, I have some cassette tapes. Anybody remember cassette tapes? I got some cassette tapes of my mother teaching and speaking. I uh, picked up some papers the other day in my office uh, that uh, I had put in a stack, and I was going through a stack, and it was uh, four pages that my mother had written in, in her handwriting, and I picked it up, and I didn't re remember it being mom's, and I looked at it, and I thought, wow, I don't remember writing this, because I looked at it differently. When I picked it up, I thought it was mine, and I looked at the handwriting, and it looked just like mine. And I was so blessed by it when I realized, wait a minute, I, this is mom. That's not mine, but it's my mother's handwriting. And I thought, wow, how cool is that? That my handwriting looks like my mom's. Now, mom could write really lovely, but when she was studying, she wrote like me, you know? So I can write neat if I need to, anybody like that? But usually if I'm using, it's an ink pen, it's about this long, has a, has Anybody write? Anybody do that other than text? So I, 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 get, I get a little messy, and I scratch things out, and those are, that's some of the work that I do. And uh, I was thinking about this and thinking about my mom's teaching and, and realizing that uh, what my mother did impacted my life, that it was poured directly into me. 
and I can remember her praying for me and encouraging me and telling me when we moved away uh, from Illinois to come to Virginia Beach many, many, many years ago that, uh, that we were blessed, praying for us and telling me, Rick, I always knew that you were going to fly. I always knew you were going to do something big in the kingdom of God. I knew you wouldn't be right here, that God has a purpose for your life. I think that that... It, with me, is sort of like the Lois, Eunice, uh, Timothy story. I kind of feel like on occasion when I'm standing up before people, I kind of feel that same spirit that was in my mother's life on my life. Now, you don't have to jump up and down to that, but that's making me feel real good as I talk about it. Stir up. Somebody say stir up. Stir up, stir up is to rekindle. Anybody ever had a fireplace? And it, was, it had some coals in it, and you didn't have to light it. All you had to do was stir up the coal, stir it up. It's also to stir up is the opposite of quench. So the gift of God, how many are thankful for the grace of God in your life? Anybody thankful for his grace? So grace is an, is an impartation. It's the work of God. You have grace inside of you. You like that? I have his grace around me. Uh, it is an impartation. He's talking about fearless power and love and a sound mind. You got that. Now stir it up. How many have ever felt it quenched before? Have you ever felt it quenched? Wait a minute. I can't say anything right now. Got to be quiet. I want you to pray with me right now. Would you do that? Just pray with me. Just pray with me. Close your eyes and just kind of lift your hands in a receptive position Come, Holy Spirit, let me pray for you. Bless the people today. Breathe on us. Breathe on these people. May your grace rest mightily in them. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Would you tell him with me again as we did earlier today? Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Tell him, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you're the Lord. I believe that you rose from the grave. Now, would you, on your own, give him thanks for saving you? Would you do that? Give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Anybody saved in this house? Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Anybody rescued by Jesus and the cross? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And let me just speak while you're praying there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lay my hands upon everyone in this room, and I say, come, Holy Spirit, rest upon them. May your gifts be stirred up. May you use this church, those people, even online. Lord, I pray that you would use them. Holy Spirit, come, fall upon us. Be glorified in our lives. Set a fire in us. We stir it up now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Somebody thank God. Do you receive that? Do you receive that? So today I want to talk to you about stirring up your gift, stirring up what is in you. Would you, would you help me with this? I mean, I just prayed. We did a lot of work already. Tell somebody nearby, tell, it's already in you. Tell somebody, it's already in you. Tell somebody, already it's in you. I earnestly, fully believe that everything you need to do for what God has called you to do is already in you. Anybody grab that? Would you hold on to that? Everything you need is already in you. We just, come on, any saved people in the house right now? Anybody believe that Holy Spirit dwells inside of you? And I, I know sometimes we feel awkward about this, but 
You know, there are a lot of stories in the Bible that I love. I, I love the story of David. Anybody love David's story? I, I love, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In other words, the Lord looks at what is on the inside you see, and you can see that as you look through the pattern in the Old Testament, like God chose Joseph to save God's people from a famine, despite the fact that he came from a pretty highly dysfunctional family. Amen. God chose Gideon. Gideon was fear-driven. Yeah. He was a wimp. Somebody say amen. He was hiding out in the caves. Yeah. He was afraid of his father-in-law. He was a whip, but God chose him to lead an army. God chose Ruth out of a Moabite pagan background to be one of the ancestors of the Lord Jesus. He chose Moses to represent him, even though he couldn't speak very well, even though he actually, the last thing he did before he left Egypt the first time was murder someone, and God used him. Somebody thank God he can use a murder. Somebody praise God for that. God chose Rahab for a starring role in the Bible. She was a prostitute. And again, God chose David, self-described, the least of his family, the smallest, one who would eventually commit adultery to be the leader of God's people. And Jesus is known to be of the house of David. So anybody raised in church besides me? Anybody raised in church? Anybody, you, when you went to church as a child, you didn't go to church because you got him and said, I just want to go to church this morning. Because, I mean, I could not imagine ever looking at my mom or dad and saying, look, I'm just going to skip today. I'm gonna, I got some other things I want to do. I want to play some, well, there weren't video games when I was that age. But, I mean, I'm just going to hang around. Uh, there's, some, there's some shows on TV I've, I've missed, okay? And I'm really tired. I had school Friday, Saturday. I had football practice. I'm tired. Could you imagine what my daddy or my mama would have said to me? Come on, where are my church kids at in the house? Any church kids in the house? Mama, mama, what are you talking about, Ricky? What kind of dad said, look, come over here, boy. I mean, you got two choices right now. You can either get your church clothes on or you and I can go to my office and we can have a discussion and you know as he reached for his belt. What that would mean, I don't, nobody knows what I'm talking about. They don't do that anymore, I guess. I, I mean, I, I remember going to church. And, and, I, and I, when I say that to you, say baptize, you might be aware that the life of church kids was different. You know, you had to be there. You know, my daddy memorized. I knew this message before I was a preacher. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Translated, long as you're living under my roof. Yes. Amen. Then we prayed. How many always prayed when you were a kid? If you ate, I still got that. I, anybody else still got that? I mean, I mean, if you, we sit down to eat. I'll just sit there quietly if ain't nobody doing anything. You know, it's, Grab Diana's hand. We'll just go ahead and pray and see if everybody wants to join. I say, hey, we're just going to give thanks. We're going to be, we're going to be thankful. That's what we're going to do. We're going to bless the Lord. What's wrong with your religious? No, I was raised in church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Some of you don't get this. Because when we went to my grandparents' house, you think you prayed at my house? I'm telling you, the pancakes were cold by the time we were finished praying. 
I was born into this thing. I, I am, it's, it's fundamental in my life. If you want to argue with me about the basics, I'm here all day. I know where I come from. I know that I'm here on purpose, but I also know my backstories, my weaknesses. Come on, anybody in the house? I know my failures. And I, I, I've, been, I've been rather forthcoming with that through the years to you. I mean, if I was going through something, I usually just brought it up to the pulpit and preached to it, right? And so my confession, unlike you, you might confess to somebody on the phone or with a text message. I usually just confess to all y'all, all right? Can you say all y'all? Yeah, you can. Okay, we're in Virginia. To all of you, to all of the congregation of the people of God, okay? So... That's, that's, my, that's been the way it is. I've, I've, I've read and I've preached the scripture pretty much all my life. Today, I want to read one that you don't like that much. You ready? It's Genesis 2-7. Here it is. God formed man. You want to read it with me? Read it. God formed man out of dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. Then the man came alive, a living soul. Okay, so uh, here we go. Let me get this out. All right, just thought I'd show you what you are. There we go. You are dirt. <laughs> your dirt. And your dirt. And your dirt. And the balcony, dirt. All over the back. All of my technical team, y'all dirt. And the pastor's wife is dirt. But she married this pile of dirt that's preaching to you right now. Now, this is one of the greatest scriptures because now I really know who I am. No, no, you heard what I said before. I was, I was raised in church. I was dirt in church. I know where I came from. You may feel like you haven't got anything in common with anyone in the room because in our culture today, when you talk, all we talk about is the difference and the difference and the difference, and that's true. We are different when we look at one another and we come from different places, but can I tell you, when you get right down to it, we're all just a big pile of dirt. Come on. You might dress it up. Hey, ladies, you look real pretty today. I love your outfits and your ears earrings and your pearls. I love your nice shoes. I love the way you dress up your dirt. I love that. And can I talk to the brothers in the house? I, I love those nice shoes you put on those feet that are dirt. I love the way that you dress it up because you, you can get real caught up in your clothes these days. You look good. I love the way you dress your dirty selves. I love. Come on. I want you to know no matter how highly you think of yourself, you're still dirt. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and nobody ever looked at the word dirt and said, well, that's a good thing. Man, you are dirt. Nobody <laughs> says that. I mean, we use a lot of terms that are bad terms as good terms. Like, you are so bad means good now, you know. But nobody's saying, you are dirt. Nobody does that. If, if somebody says you got a dirty mouth, somebody needs to wash that bad boy out. If somebody says, 
you're, you're, you know, you won't give, you know, you're as cheap as dirt. That's not, it's never anything good. And it's strange because you have to understand that we came from a great God. Come on, anybody thank God for the way that he paints the sky? Somebody praise God for the sunset. Anybody? Thank God for the sunrise, for the moon in the sky. I watched yesterday, I watched the tide as it was coming in. I watched how the clouds came, and then I saw the sun just kind of slip below the clouds and set over the water. I watched that, and, and I think that's amazing because how many know that God, anybody ever heard of heaven? How many know that God designed heaven. Anybody know that? And when God designs things, he does, he, he withholds no expense. Anybody heard of pearly gates? Anybody heard of gates of pearl and streets of gold? Anybody heard of that? I mean, in my father's house are many mansions. No, it, no, not a tiny little room, but many great rooms, many great homes that you can live in. And I have went around and seen some spectacular homes around here, but nothing compared to heaven, which kind of is strange that God would make heaven that way, but he would make me out of dirt. Dirt works, though. Somebody say dirt works. God works with dirt. It's dirty. He works with that which is ordinary, that which is mundane, He works with it. He is awesome. How many know he's awesome? But he works with things that are awful. Somebody needs to praise God right there. He is an awesome God, but he works with stuff that is dirty. I love him for that because in a culture that pushes away the dirty and says, don't touch me, you might be dirty. God will not quarantine himself from you. In a culture that writes people off, God says, bring that person to me. I can use that dirt. I want to shape that dirt. I will make that dirt into a living soul. Anybody grateful for the fact that God works with your dirt? That's why arrogance doesn't work in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout amen right there. God knows where you came from. In fact, I know where you came from. If you have issues, aren't you glad that God still comes after you and deals with your great mess and turns your dirt into greatness? Aren't you glad that according to Zechariah, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. The devil is a liar. He tries to convince you that because you are dirt, you have no hope, that there is not a possibility in your life. But what he's really trying to do is to cause you to ignore ignore a great reality there's something unique about us second corinthians chapter four have you read this before we are hard pressed read it out loud we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed anybody thankful for that how many have been through it how many could relate to any of that can you relate to any of the pressure can you relate to the crushing can you i know we're in a difficult time but i have been in difficult seasons before anybody been in 
a difficult season before 2020. Wave at me. Anybody been through pain, been through conflict? Listen to what I'm saying. I have been in difficult seasons myself. I've been sick. I've been broke. I've been abused. But when we are attacked, when we are struggling, something else has a tendency to rise up from the inside of us. And let me say it this way. This dirt, this dirt is godly. This dirt is holy ground. Don't rain on me. Don't try to break me. Don't try to crush me because trouble causes me to produce. I don't know. Anybody hear that right now? So you don't know how mad I am at so-and-so right now. Somebody thank God for trouble. Somebody, would you just thank God for some trouble? I, I tell parents all, you know, couples this all the time. I tell them, you know, you're going through conflict. Good, good. No, I hate conflict. No, conflict produces in the body of Christ. When you start having a little conflict in your marriage and you're starting to argue, if you stop and remember that you are children of the most high God, then you'd shut up a little bit that I say that and listen to the other person and you would begin to discover truths and realities and confession would start pouring out. You'd start blessing that and things would start to grow out of it. No, you're too busy yelling at each other and, and letting the devil use you. No, we get pressed. We get crushed. We get perplexed. We get in despair, but we will not be destroyed because God works in dirt. Dirt is necessary for a seed to grow. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Earthen vessels. Somebody say earthen vessels. That sounds so nice, doesn't it? Earthen vessels. You know those cheap pots that you have that you put your stuff in? They're made of clay. They break really easy. Anybody got like a stack of those in your house somewhere or a bunch that went in the trash because they, they're earthen vessels? They're not the expensive ones that you buy that you're careful and you polish. No, those dirty earthen vessels. You know what he made those vessels out of? Dirt. Somebody say dirt. He made it out of dirt. And although you came from dirt, however... There's something inside of you. Did I tell you that earlier in this teaching? Did I say, somebody, somebody tell me again. There's something inside of you. Something on the inside of you. And the world is waiting for you to get stirred up. Anybody hear this? Waiting on you to get stirred up. To stir up what was planted inside of you. I love 2 Timothy. Paul was saying to Timothy and to all of us, you need to be a steward of the gift that is inside of you. Paul can tell them. How many have heard of the Apostle Paul before? Anybody heard of Paul? How many have ever read some of his writings? Okay, have you read the New Testament? Has anybody read the New Testament? How much? Two-thirds of the New Testament was written by a guy named Paul. Talk about dirt, you know. I mean, Paul, uh, he, he, he would write a letter and send it to a church in a city and revival would break out. Remember, I, I was talking about this the other day on a Wednesday night, one of those great stories about the Apostle Paul. He would preach and he would say, I'm not eloquent when I preach, but he was long-winded, which makes me love him all the more, okay? Because sermonettes make Christianettes. Anyway, uh, hello, hello. But uh, Paul, Paul is uh, preaching and a guy fell out of the window. He's preached past midnight, fell out the window. Paul ran downstairs, 
And here's this guy, I don't know, probably his neck's broken or something. Paul lays his hands on him, prays for him. The guy gets back up. Say, okay, I'm ready for point number two. But Paul was, I mean, he was just crazy. I mean, he actually, he, he just moved so powerfully. Here's how, here's how Paul moved. Anybody remember the guys? They called them the seven sons of Sceva. Anybody heard those guys? They're these seven guys who started a demon casting out business on the side. That's right. I said business. All right. So anyway. And so here they are, and they're casting, they come up to the sky, and they're casting out this demon, and they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. Now, how many know there's power in the name of Jesus, all right? And the guy who was possessed <laughs> screams out, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And beat all seven of them up, stripped them of their clothes, and they ran out of town naked. That's a bad story right there, all right? But I wanted you to hear this. The demon said, we know Paul. We know Paul. Anybody know what I'm saying right now? You know, that's Acts, yeah, Acts 19 and 15, that scripture. But anyway, I, I didn't put that up. Anyway, demons knew Paul by his first name. He had a reputation. That's why everywhere Paul went, they tried to shut him up. They would threaten to kill him, and he would say, okay, kill me. Because to die is to gain. They would let him live and he would say, cool, because for me to live is Christ. Hello. They would threaten him and beat him up and he would say, that's okay because these present sufferings are not even worthy to be compared with what is prepared for me in heaven. I mean, Paul was the dude, wasn't he? But when you think of where Paul came from, he was dirt. I mean, when he, when he received Christ, when he actually confessed Christ, he was such a mess that the apostles didn't want nothing to do with him, that the Christians said, we need to move him aside. Not this guy, but Paul would say it like this. He would say this way, if God can save me, he can save anybody. But when you read 2 Timothy, you need to know also the context of Paul. Because Paul is in prison. These are his last words. He is getting ready to be executed, and he knew. He wasn't trembling in his shoes in the prison. He was writing letters to churches and writing letters to his spiritual son, Timothy, who was doing the work of ministry. And so this is important because you understand that last words are really important words. Anybody know this? So if I told you you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Go home and binge watch Netflix. I mean, what would you do? I mean, if you only had 24 hours to live, you'd be calling and talking to people that you care about, right? You would want to do something that really matters. So, so you'd be so focused on the reality that you were running out of time. So with all Paul's wisdom and power, as he's waiting to die, the number one thing he wanted to do was to communicate this to Timothy. Stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Of everything that he could do, he just wanted to say this. Hey, Timothy. Hey, hey, Timothy. Remember Lois? Remember Eunice? Remember when I prayed for you? Remember when I held you? Prayed that God would save you and set you free? Remember that? That gift is inside of you no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life. That which we placed inside of you at that time, it's still there, Brother Tim. And this message is for everybody today. Here we are in the season of COVID. 
racial violence, political chaos. Nobody really has a handle on what's going on, and that's all we're focused on. We're just focused on who will be the president, focused on all of the violence, all of the conflict. But what did Paul do in moments like this? He says, there is something that God has deposited inside of you. You don't need to stir up all of this. What you need to do is stir up what God has placed on the inside of you. Because ultimately, here's the big question. What are you doing with God, with what God deposited in you? What are you doing with God's deposit? What are you doing? Somebody remember the scripture in Matthew chapter 25, 21? Well done, good and faithful servant. Somebody shout, well done. First Corinthians 2 and 9 reads this way. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Diane and I, at the beginning of the pandemic, wanted to go somewhere and eat. So we found a nice place that was safe. The cemetery. You can park in the cemetery. It's a park. There's flowers all over the place. Ain't nobody going to bother you. Anybody ever been to a cemetery? Do you know what's under the ground at cemeteries? Does anybody really know what's underground at cemeteries? No, it's treasure. There's treasure underground because buried in the cemetery is the dreams, the gifts, and the possibilities of people that they never stirred up. The songs we never sang, the books we never wrote. Hello, somebody. You see what I'm saying? The ministry that God had called us to do, but we got our eyes on other things instead of what God wanted to do within our lives. Come on, I'm shouting this morning. This season is the season to be stirred up. Somebody shout, God, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm going to stir something up. You know, I never really wanted to be a preacher. But one day I found it inside of me. I couldn't help singing. It was the law where I grew up. <laughs> but there was... There was something deeper inside of me. Look, look at somebody. There's a seed. Look at someone. There's a seed inside of that person there. And seeds grow really well in dirt. See, your heavenly father didn't lie. He's waiting for you to do something that is already inside of you. He's waiting for you to say, no, I have gifts. I have callings. I have a purpose. I have a reason to be here. He's waiting for us to stir it up, stir it up. And this is dirt. This is, this is dirt. This is dirt. I don't know whose dirt this is, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But if you look inside of it, if you look deep inside, if you dig deep down inside of the dirt, oh, look what I found down there. It's an Amazon gift card. It's worth $25. Anybody need an Amazon gift card worth $25? Anybody need an Amazon gift card worth $25? Don't 
Come on, Sister Mary. Don't just sit there. God bless you. Might have to dust that gift off a little bit. Do you know why that gift was in here? Becca, do you know why that gift was in there? Because I put it in there. Do you know why I reached in and stirred up and got that gift out? I put that, there was, listen, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? God already knows what's inside of you. You need to pull it out and give it to somebody. Do you understand that God didn't put it in there just so you'd feel good and so you would say, there's something inside of me. Yay. Come on. We brag about all of our spiritual gifts and basically what we're saying is I am a dirtbag. That's exactly what I am. I, but unless you reach inside and God knows what's in you, but do you hear the scripture? I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How many love God? Does anybody love him? Now I'm telling you there's something inside of you and I'm sitting in this room right now and I I know your stories. I know the people in this room. I'm excited about what God is doing. I've got to put Gabriel and Emily on my heart. I know they're not in the room. Emily's probably working and Gabriel, I know he's serving somewhere this morning, but how many love Gabriel and Emily and the work that they're doing in Africa? Anybody glad for that work, that ministry of redeeming Africa? And he he had sent me a, a video the other day where they had done this uh, this work for for young women in the area. They had 30 women that were saved in that particular gathering, and they fed so many hundred women that particular day. How they were reaching to touch people that were on the street and help them and serve them. But at one point, that was just something that was in their heart. Hello, and it got stirred up. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful when I look around this room. Brother Tim's over there. Brother Tim Jones. How you doing, Tim? All right. Tim's going to help me preach next week. I just thought. I go ahead and announce that, all right? Because there's something that's stirred up inside of him. There are things that have, God has put in him in all of his life. I mean, there's stuff. I see Becca came and grabbed that. I remember when Becca was a girl here at the church, just a little kid running around playing football with us, you know, at the, at the picnics and stuff. But God put something in her heart, and now she's leading youth ministries. I mean, and God, she's going to school, and she's preparing herself. And I remember where we all are. By Anybody got a story about where you came from? Anybody? I mean, Moni, before you were given away close, I mean, God just found you, raised you up, set you free of brokenness. Anybody got stories like that? Let me help you all today. Let me help stir this up. What do you love? What can you not get your mind off of? What has God given you passion for? What would you do uh, for freedom? What would you do to set people free? What do other people see in your life? I remember for myself, I just knew for sure I was going to be a singer, and that's what I would do all my life, and that's what I was going to do. And I I remember in 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 a communications class, It was when the seed really got stirred up. I was asked to speak and give a speech for like five or ten minutes. And I got up and I had prepared myself. And I stood in front of them. Everybody looked at me like, wow, you should be a speaker. And I just told them all, shut up, leave me alone because that's not what I'm going to do. That's what my father was and my grandfather was. And that's not what I'm going to do with my life. Hello. When you stir it up, the enemy will show up. God wants to use your gift. He gave it to you to bring him glory. Can I tell you something else? The enemy also wants your gift. He wants to get you to do it for you. 
Come on, you do you. Anybody heard that? You do you. No, I want to do what God has called me to do. I have to sometimes sacrifice what I would do because my dirt wants to do one thing and God has called me for more. Can I tell you the flesh has tried to kill me? Anybody know that? How many has the flesh tried to kill you? Has your dirt ever turned against you? I look so forward to Andy coming to speak because when I know his story, and he doesn't always come just telling his story, but I mean, I've read his story. And can I tell you, he was a lot of dirt. It was a lot of dirt. And the Lord dealt with him. That's, listen, that's why dating is easier than marriage. Because marriage is dirty. Oh, no, we'll just hang out together and just, no, 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 no. No, don't do that. Don't injure one another. Don't, don't do all that premarital mess. Don't do that. Because marriage, marriage gets dirty because when you, when you enter into this covenant relationship, you wake up and realize she has some issues. And so do you. Hello. Some of you want that gift, but you don't want the dirt. David had a gift and dirt. You know what that that means? Not only do you have a gift, you have a testimony. I love his testimony. Busted Goliath down, but then his dirt caught up with him on a rooftop one evening. You see, just because you have dirt, just because... You have a gift doesn't mean you don't need Holy Spirit. I know you got dirt. God says, bring me your dirt. I said, God says, bring me your dirt. Let me help you. Don't let your dirt destroy your future. Your gift is greater than your dirt. Can I say that again? Your gift is greater than your dirt. Here's the problem today as we close this message. Your gift is often hidden because... Of another problem, fear. Stand with me. Look at the scripture again. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Why hasn't it been stirred up before? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I'm going to teach you something. Are you ready? A big message that we have right now, and it's really important. It's really, really important in our culture right now is our faith is greater than our fear. Right? How many would shout amen? amen? Okay. But you need to understand that the big battleground of fear is this, to keep you from becoming what God wants you to be. Am I stirring anybody up right now? Some of you got some dreams and visions that God put in your heart, and they just haven't fired up. I mean, they're like old coals that are just kind of laying in the fireplace. And while I'm preaching right now, you're hearing God saying, yeah, remember when I talked to you when you were 12? Remember when I talked to you when you were 20? You remember when you were a teenager in youth group and you felt something stirred up, but then your dirt caught up with you, and now you're afraid that because of all the dirt, you can't be stirred up and can't be used by God? I'm telling you, if God can use Paul, he can 
use anybody. If God can use David, he can use anybody. If God can use Rick Hawker, he can use you. Don't let your dirt destroy your dreams. I haven't given you spirit of fear. Read that last part. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stir it up. Step into it. Dig into it. Celebrate it. I'm going to ask you this. What is it that God is wanting to do in your life, but the dirt is still covering it up? What is it? What is it? What is God stirring? I already prayed for you. Remember the beginning of the sermon when we prayed? Y'all saved. Somebody thank God you're saved. But one day we're going to stand before Christ. How many want a well done? Anybody want a well done? Somebody say, I want the well done. I want the well done. I want the well done. So when I tell you that I want the well done, I don't want the nice try. I don't want the well buried. I don't want the what if. I want the well done. You are surrounded with people that God has commissioned you to touch. But the dirt keeps telling you, look, don't stir things up. God has called you. God has called you and commissioned you. His spirit is within you. And as we move to the next level of Freedom Fellowship, as we grow in the days that follow, I want to make sure that my dirt doesn't control my life, but I discover the treasure that's in the earthen vessel. And I want people to know that I am a child of God and his gifts are evident in my life. All right, now just with your eyes open and everybody looking around, how many are moved by what your pastor has just preached to you and you feel and you feel a stirring in your own heart? Anybody? Come on, hold your hand up. Hold your hand up, all right? All right, look at all those dirty hands up in the air. Hold your dirty old hands up, okay? Now, the Lord has cleansed you. He's washing your hands. He's given you a clean heart. And now, I want you to say, I want you to speak this like the great prophet. I want you to say this. Here am I, Lord. Say it. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Say it. Here am I. Send me. Say it again. Here am I. Send me. Stir up the gift. Say it. Stir up the gift. And the Lord is telling you right now, I remind you, stir up the gift. Wait, Paul, come over here and stir it up. No. God says, you stir it up. You do something. Reach inside of you and stir up that which God has placed there. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Say it. Here I am, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you've taught us today. I thank you, Lord, that your word is true and your word is powerful. And I thank you, God, that you have begun a good work and you are able to complete it. So now, Lord Jesus, say this with me. I will stir up the gift. I will stir up the gift. Thank you, Jesus. Now, some of you are going to need to write down on your notes what that is about greater than ever before. You're going to see God do greater things than ever before. God bless you. Anybody thankful for the word of God today? Listen, prayer workers will be able, will be meeting you over here on the right. And I want you to join me as we get ready to pray for one another, as we complete this service.
with the supper of the Lord. Would you open up your communion and receive the bread, hold it in your hand, open up the cup and be ready to receive the cup. We are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are what? We are the body of the Lord Jesus. We are. And the reason you receive this is to remember his brokenness, but to remember that we are also his body. We reject, we reject the enemy. We reject the life of brokenness that the enemy is trying to constantly destroy us with. We are the body of the Lord Jesus. Shout it. We are the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord Father. We receive this bread as the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body. Take and receive the bread. this cup Jesus said is my blood the blood of new, new covenant poured out for you we're all family here amen yes. do you know why same blood same family same father he said take and drink it my blood poured out for you come on let's give him praise thank you Lord Jesus for what you've done when we leave this place, Lord, we will not leave the word that has been deposited in our lives. We will be transformed by your grace and by your spirit. And we'll do great things for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. God bless you all. Listen, as you leave, you can give. As you leave, also meet some prayer workers who will meet right here to my right. If you need prayer, if you need healing, if you need help. You need to talk to somebody. Our prayer workers are here for you, and they're on their way here now. God bless you all. I'll see you again soon. Be dismissed when you choose. Sing.